But as I became familiar with it, Evernote over five years, what I've realized is, man, there's a lot of great functionality that I guess productivity and business continuity kind of share some of these principles. Welcome to the Failover Plan podcast. I'm Shane Matthew. In today's world, the words BC program and BC software are oftentimes used interchangeably. That's because as practitioners, we often realize that we will need to do everything in our power to make the act of BC planning super easy for participants. And though there are tremendous benefits to their use, BCM software can come with a heavy cost. So what if your program isn't quite ready to make the plunge yet? What if your planning needs are starting to grow, but you haven't obtained the right level of buy-in or budget to afford an advanced solution yet? On today's show, we explore an option that may be the stopgap between Word and Excel-based plans and that full-blown BCM software. We're joined by Chris Rivera, who's been in the BC industry for several years and through interest in learning and teaching others about productivity tools, has found the benefits of using one commonly available app, Evernote. Now, Evernote is an app designed for note-taking, organizing, task management, and archiving. The app allows users to create notes on their phone or through a web browser, which can be text, drawings, photographs, or even saved web content. Notes are then stored in online notebooks, which can be tagged and edited or searched. Many of the same things you may see in a business continuity plan. Now, Chris enjoyed the tool so much, he became an Evernote certified consultant and has used this skill to help companies to improve productivity through its use. But because of his background, he also explored the benefits of using the same technology to help BC professionals. Now, as always, we want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting failoverpodcast.com or joining our LinkedIn group. We're holding our first ever Failover Plan listeners raffle for those who have signed up. So if you haven't done so yet, you have till the end of day, August 31st, to have a chance to win. All right, let's get on with the show. All right, Chris Rivera, thank you so much for joining us today on the uh, show. Thanks for having me, Shane. This is super exciting. <laughs> it's super exciting because Chris is like an awesome person and I need awesome guests. And he thankfully said yes. So I'm like, so excited. We've worked together over the years. And uh, Chris, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Because you have a definitely a unique career. And obviously how I met you was... Uh, different than what you do now. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, uh, you are an awesome host, Shane, and you did not pay me to say that. Um, Not yet. uh, yet. Yeah. Uh, So I guess dialing it back uh, quite a bit, um, I joined the business continuity community close to 15 years ago, and it was uh, a point in my career Uh, before I, as most people will probably tell you on this podcast, um, really knew about the practice. Yeah, it's insane. (laughs) Everybody's like, I fell into it. The most common thing, yeah. (laughs) I was uh, studying to be a technical writer and uh, graduated and worked in banking, uh, doing different jobs and project management. And as most people get voluntold to own a business continuity plan for their organization, I was one of those people and uh, learned about it, became extremely fascinated by the skill set required to think like a business continuity person, did a lot of planning and exercises, which I enjoyed, Mm -hmm. and also gave me exposure to different areas of the organization that I had never interacted with in my vertical 
worked a bit in emergency management as well throughout my career, focusing on continuity planning. So I was, right. you know, part of a small team of people that worked for the city of New York doing some really fun and fascinating projects, figuring out, you know, how do we bring an agency back following a major power outage, a major hurricane. And these are all life and death scenarios. So I was truly, I guess, uh, most passionate in my career during that period, because it's, it's kind of uh, much more, uh, I guess, impactful personally uh, right. experience for me and then went into consulting which is i guess how you and i right. met shane um we had some really uh fascinating projects we worked on together <laughs> i'll always tell the story of how we made one gentleman who ran your uh your operations in your past life uh, smile during a session and i think it's because we introduced the gaming in that right. uh, training so, exercise yes yeah so I, I i was lucky enough to find uh, chris and his team um when he was consulting and came to davida that's where i used to work and uh and uh the reason i picked chris and his team was because <laughs> they were using this fascinating concept called gamification in uh, business continuity so putting games and business continuity together is probably the farthest two things you would think of but it works and we'll have an episode directly about this concept in the near future but anyway sorry to interrupt and get into your story with my own yeah no no that's that's <laughs> fine i guess just to wrap it up um i also during uh, kind of my consulting career and working in business continuity have always been fascinated by productivity so probably, I want to say five years ago, I was an avid user of Evernote and I decided to enroll in their Evernote um, consulting program. And their program is really great because they provide all the resources, tools, and training to become proficient in Evernote. So you can assist other companies in setting up Evernote for their users and helping them customize a lot of the features. So I've continued to do that since then and uh, really love it. All right. So, you know, does, is that like uh, pretty challenging to get you know, certified? Do you have to get certified or something like that in Evernote to, to be able to uh, work with customers or how does it work? You do. Uh, they believe in an open source model. So you can sign up on Evernote.com. They often run these programs, uh, at least when I was doing it at the time, where you can enroll. And then the upcoming session, they'll send you a lot of information about taking their online curriculum. So you essentially go through a series of trainings and then you take a test. And after that test, then you can go out and serve clients as you would under your own name, which is great if you're you know, an entrepreneur and want to look into getting into your own business into the productivity space. It's, it's, right. I, I found it really valuable. Right. Now we're talking today about Evernote in the concept or the, the arena of, you know, business continuity software is, is been around for a while and I've, I've purchased it for workplaces that I've worked at. Uh, you know, I currently work at a place that sells business continuity software, you know, so I'm quite familiar with the ins and outs, but you know, in your experiences in, in organizations and in consulting, What's been your overall impression of BCM software? How, how does it fit or is it a good fit for everyone when they're, when they're thinking about their programs? That's the age old question, Shane. And I know, we're, not, <laughs> we're gonna solve it today. 
I've um so I'll give you my personal opinion on this. No, I want my um, opinion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you know, think? So, software as having been a consultant, I guess before, what I've always kind of I guess it's been ingrained in me in the consulting world to be agnostic about any particular tool. So the reason why you do that is because it forces you to actually think about what you're trying to achieve irrespective of the tool. And I think the tool can be an enabler, but it could also be an inhibitor to your program. An enabler, especially if you have a mature program where you're very clear about your KPIs, you know what you want to track, you have a very solid flow of information coming into your uh, software, and you're really churning out that information to turn it into intelligence. Yeah. The biggest gripe I have with software um, is if you don't have that structure, you've heard of garbage yeah. in, garbage out, right? Like, right. you know, you're just forcing people to kind of put information in. It's not codified correctly. And yeah, you're checking the box and getting information from people, but there's not much for you to do with that information. It's kind of, it hits a dead end, right? right. You know, you have all these plans that are populated. That's helpful for sure. But what are you really garnering from the inf information? I, I think some some folks struggle with that. You know, I, I think it it really is a tool um, to 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 put it bluntly, right. and nothing more. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I've 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 been through enough implementations of software now with clients where we always get to this one part in the discussion, which is uh, dashboarding or analytics. And, and you ask the question, okay, so what do you want to uh, be able to report on? And it's amazing how many blank stares we get, you yeah. know, because I think people tend to think BCM software, get a plan get a BIA done and uh, spit out a report, you know, and that's kind of the limitation, but okay. So we're not going to go down the road of, the pros and cons of software as much as, as talking about the fact that like, you know, it's, it's a, um, it's challenging to build out. It's challenging to purchase in a lot of ways because it is expensive, uh, depending on the product you pick. Uh, and they all seem to have different capabilities. So you end up in this kind of quagmire sometimes. Do, do you, do you find that people, um, are able to find a product that is just like meets every single need in your experience? It is difficult to find a product that meets every single need. And part of the challenge that I've looked at in the past is tools are designed for a very wide user set. Customizing those tools takes a lot of money, often more than people can even scrounge up beyond just procuring the tool. Yeah. And then that puts you in the route of do you build your own tool and that's very costly. So it's, it's kind of the BC planners dilemma. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, you, there's never really um, the perfect answer to yeah. getting your program automated. It's just really um, unfortunate, but I think it's just what I found is, most clients still struggled with it. I've been down both routes. We've built right. custom installations for uh, clients, and we've also gone down the route of picking a tool off the shelf. And I think they both had, you know, um, value in one capacity or another. But then we also just, I don't know, after a while, we kind of struggled 
yeah. um, kind of getting the adoption and the awareness of the tool kind of going because right. of, you know, certain issues that I'm just not going to get into, unfortunately, because it can yeah. bore you. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> at the end of the day, I think we're saying the same thing that ultimately they, there's hurdles and, and there's a lot of utility that comes from overcoming those, but there are a lot of hurdles. So the audience today, I think we're really honing in on are those people who say, you know what, I'd like to get a BCM tool one day, but I don't have the budget or I don't have the support right now or the need right now. So let's talk about Evernote. You know, as you are, in my opinion, an expert in how to use the product, let's let's tell the audience a little bit about Evernote. What does it do in general? When you say productivity tool, what does that mean? Well, I want to confirm, first of all, exactly what you said, Shane. This is, this is probably more conducive to um, someone that is kind of in that hybrid space where, you know, maybe you're looking at tools currently while you're listening to this podcast. And um, we, I think Evernote could be a really great uh, starting point for you as you think about kind of maturing into something more sophisticated with all the bells and whistles that you feel you need. And um, I think the reason why something like Evernote works really well for the BC planner, the BC program manager is it's all about the workflow. And I think that's what at the end of the day, we really are all after is if we're doing something on a daily basis, is there a way for us to put that process and that, you know, kind of those activities into a structure that makes it really easy for me to repeat it over and over and over again. And that's really what tools like Evernote, there's others out there, but I, as you said before, I'm most familiar with Evernote. So that's the one I can speak to um, that are designed around. You're not, given a structure, you tell the tool, here's my structure, now make it work for me. And mm. I think that's really kind of, it's the, the, the kind of fascinating thing about the tool. I, I personally, as a BC planner um, in my past life and a program manager and kind of spreading the gamut across various roles, never even considered it. But as I became familiar with it, uh, Evernote over five years, what I've realized is, man, there's a lot of great functionality that I guess productivity and business continuity kind of share some of these principles. Right. Um, you know, I need information fast. I need information in my pocket and you know, the tool out of the box, you sign up for Evernote on evernote.com if you don't have an account and it's going to be on your tablet, it's going to be in your pocket or it's going to be on your computer. And if you pay for, you know, the premium version of Evernote, you'll get it on all three. So, I think it's it's really kind of designed with you in mind, and then you make it what you want it to be. Right. So, is there a company version or enterprise versions that are available? I mean, how how are companies using Evernote in general? Maybe they might not use it for BCM, but there's other obviously productivity focuses they have. How do how do they implement it typically? Like most things, it all depends, Shane. That's a typical <laughs> consultant answer. Yeah, there you but go. I think it's the honest answer. And uh, I say that because I've worked with, you know, uh, companies with 150 users that just allow their users to sign up for individual or premium accounts. The third rung is the business account. And that's where you can have shared users across an enterprise on one instance. Um, And that costs a bit more. 
um, I, I'll have to point uh, your your audience to Evernote.com to make sure we're quoting the accurate prices and so forth. But right. I've seen I've seen the Evernote business installation in small companies, and I've seen the individual and premium installation in big companies. So it's really a question of whether or not, as a document management or knowledge management solution, the company wants to adopt one tool or not. Right. And I think that's the rub. But these days we have SharePoint, we have shared drives, everything's shared. So a big company may not want to adopt a product like Evernote because they already have all their documentation and information in some other system, whether it's a CMS system or, I mean, the list goes on and on. Right, 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 um, right. I, I do find, though, the smaller players tend to want to adopt a solution like Evernote versus the bigger players because of the ease of just rolling it out. I think it becomes really hard on a large scale to um, expect the company to kind of undo a lot of their knowledge management and document management solutions to adopt right. Evernote. So Evernote, in, in, in a nutshell, is is really capturing people's individual, you know, again, you said depends, right? So, you know, if I'm an individual user, how do you use Evernote? Like, what do you typically use it for? So I have two spheres of Evernote. There's my personal sphere and my professional sphere. So I have okay. notebooks. So if you think about the structure of Evernote, there's a concept where one uh, notebook can have multiple notes. And so you can kind of choose this hierarchy to say, I want to have a personal notebook and a professional notebook. And within those, I can list a bunch of notes. You can go to the extreme far end and have individual notebooks for preparing dinner, going, you know, shopping, like you can, you don't have to yeah. have one personal notebook and then sub notebooks. Um, and then there's this notion of stacks. So you can stack notebooks into a group. So it's easier to find. It's really a question of the user. I've right. looked at power users before that only have five notebooks max and other power users that use a thousand notebooks. It really depends on the individual. So there's a lot of flexibility, obviously, in the way yes. you use it, how you set it up. But it follows somewhat of a kind of an organizational style where you can choose how you want to organize information. But I'm assuming once you get into Evernote in an individual notebook of some sort, you can really customize the way it looks or add you know different things to that. Like, can you add lists or images or diagrams anything really or is there any limitations there no limitation i think that's the beauty of it is as long as it exists in a digital format you can pull it into evernote so lists tables and the nice thing about evernote is what it does is it it create they believe in this notion of context so everything's bound by context so if i for whatever reason have a note and that note has a bunch of meeting minutes from a conversation that you and I were having because we spoke to this person and there was a lot of great dialogue in there. And uh, we dropped in a picture from that conversation from our whiteboard brainstorming session. Mm -hmm. um, what Evernote does is in the future, if I ever need to search for that note, I can just type in a few keywords. Uh, if I remember mm -hmm. that Shane was in there, I can just type in Shane. And Evernote will say, here's all the instances within your Evernote account where Shane's mentioned. Right. Um, and if I even wrote Shane on the whiteboard, it would actually even look at the image of the whiteboard and oh, it, can, wow. it can decipher text. It'll actually bring that uh, back. Um, in addition, it'll also show me if there's a note with, you know, I have your full name in there, let's say Shane. Um, 
if it can identify your LinkedIn profile, because I've linked my LinkedIn account to Evernote, uh-huh, it'll right. show me your LinkedIn profile as well oh, within wow. that note. Their point is they're trying to bring as much context as they can to your your Evernote. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess I, let's call it an account at this point. I don't have a more uh, right, interesting right, word right. to call it, but <laughs> right. your Evernote account. Yeah. So let okay. So let's talk about you know we've we've obviously established that Evernote is a, a unique tool. It's it's a great tool. Let's talk about some of the elements that a BC professional may find value in using this for. I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking obviously contactless or or plans or documents, critical records. There's a lot of things we do that involve digital formats, right? Yep. So, in your mind, how do you how do you see that a BC professional? What are the pieces of a traditional program that might fit into this type of tool? So, I mean, it's kind of the beauty. If you think about your program as a physical binder and you have those individual tabs, let's take that as a notion. So everything you just mentioned, right? Let's say you start with your program charter as kind of the foundation for it. Well, wouldn't it be great to put that charter into a tool like Evernote? It's not going to exist in a Word document somewhere on your shared drive that every time you need it, you need to pull it up. It's easy to get to from your Evernote account, no matter what you're using it. So drop it in there, right? Um, How you title a note in Evernote could also make it very easy to retrieve. So I would obviously counsel someone to really think about how they go about titling all of their notes. So they're essentially indexed and cataloged for future reference. And then as we work down the list, you may have the names of key contacts in your organization that you need for future reference. Once again, very easy to kind of put those names and contacts in Evernote. Um, If you have their business cards, what's really cool, and I use this feature a lot, um, is I can take a picture of your business card. And as an Evernote premium account user, what Evernote does is it recognizes the business card and it will create a contact in your uh, phone. If you ah. snap a picture with uh, of a business card with your phone, it'll create that, it'll give you the option, I guess I should say, to create that contact in your phone, as well as save that individual's contact information in your Evernote account. So once again, really simple functionality, but now you can have your contact list live inside your phone and you can call these folks. So wow. we're not just talking about dynamic information living in a tool we're talking about actionable information that you can you know just start to unpack each part of your program and say wow that that's really neat now i have their business card which i can then share with you if you're on evernote i can say hey shane you know here's the contact for our facilities manager you'll have that as well you can save that and put it on your phone um is it the best solution that's debatable i don't know if that you know um is a solution that works for everyone, but for no, me but, personally, I mean, that, it's worked. That's that's a really interesting example. I, I'll tell you, when I was working for as a BC manager, one of the biggest problems we had was contact information. Right, we had a lot of people spread out over multiple locations. I literally typed in a <laughs> hundred and thirty names into my phone, wow. and I started to 
then I was like, oh, crud. <laughs> that was dumb. There's actually a way to do that through Google, you know, because I have an Android phone, right? So yeah. I, I started to use the Android contact list and categorization list, right? But at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is, look, that was a big facet to my BC program is to be able to contact specific department leaders and be able to categorize them by department, by location, uh, and be able to send out a text, for example, right? You know, to a grouping of people. So having an ability to in, import, I like how you say that, it's a tactical aspect. You know, yeah. it's no longer just a plan that's sitting there in a PDF or a paper form. It's now actionable. Exactly. And I think the name of the game in our space is always speed. You know, you always want to have that information ready. You, we've always talked about the joke where the BC planner has a copy of their binder in the trunk of their car, in their office, in their basement, you know, and that's just not the most optimal way to kind of live your life, right? You always want to go back to what's the one thing that's with you 99% of the time. It's generally your phone. So um, however you can make that information more accessible, I'm always a big fan of. Yeah. So what other elements can come to mind when you think of VC programs and use of the tool? So another thing that comes to mind is Evernote has this great feature called the Web Clipper. And what I really love about the Web Clipper is it's essentially an add-in on your web browser. So picture this button. Uh, for Evernote living on your web browser. And let's say, for whatever reason, uh, you needed some information pulled from the web for your plan, whether it's, uh, I don't know, some facility information. I mean, oftentimes, maybe you want to, you know, uh, do a Google search off of, you know, what are the closest hospitals to X, Y, and Z address. From the web clipper, what you can do is click that button and Evernote will say, okay, Shane, do you want to pull this web page into Evernote? And it from a click of a button, you can get that information right over to your page wow. or a news article. So I do this a lot with news articles. You know, you're reading information about your own company, which could have some reputational or business continuity risks, and you want to reference that article for future purposes. Yeah, you can save it as a bookmark, but then wouldn't it be great if you can just catalog all your relevant articles in one space? Evernote does that with this web clipper. It basically right. takes any information online and drops it directly into a, its own note on Evernote. So, you know, for those people who may not have exposure to this, is this kind of real time where if you and I, can we share these items? So I think people might be uh, hesitant to say like, well, it's great that you can make these items for yourself, but the benefit we often sign sees with a uh, BCM tool is the ability to transfer information between multiple parties. You know, so if you update something, then I see it later. Like, is that the same way it works here? So all contingent on your IT policies. If your uh, company allows you to share that information or you have select users that you want to share it with, yes. Evernote makes that super easy where I can basically share my note and you can get a link to that note and you can see all the information on my screen and I can choose whether I want you to read it or edit it depending on if, if you have an Evernote account or not. Um, but wow. it's it's super great. I, I'm I'm, uh, I'm an evangelist uh, for sure of uh, of the product, and um, I, I think there's just a lot of value that comes from it. Right. So you know, as uh, I, I want to talk about the idea of 
of use in a in a in an actual disruption. You know, I think that's really where people are gearing up. You know, they're planning for hey, it's great to be able to plan, but it has to be useful in the midst of an emergency. So, what what would you think about that? Is it? Do you think you would rely on tools like that? that are maybe maybe more cloud based. Uh, and I think, and not I really think even more so, Shane, I would say <laughs> even more so. Um, and this is not just a layup, ladies and gentlemen, this was an actual, this is an actual legitimate answer, uh, for the following reason. Um, Evernote actually created this really phenomenal feature, uh, years ago, which, um, will ring true for anyone in business continuity. It's called templates. So what you can do is you can actually customize and create templates with an Evernote premium account. And what templates allow you to do is when I create a new note, I can either just start typing and get information in there, or I can hit template and it'll actually give me two options. There's these standard templates that come out of the box from Evernote, but then there's the ones you created. So think about an, uh, an incident action plan right. or you know an incident action summary. I can literally just hit a button and now from Evernote, I can title my note as you know, August 20th, you know, XYZ year, and just start populating my template from there. Wow. And there's no hassle. I don't have to create, you know, a repository of templates in Word and then reference those and then save them as a separate version and, and just start modifying yeah. it. Um, you can just start typing away within that template and you know you're capture, capturing the right information. Right. So does this take a lot of training to become, you know, a proficient user? I mean, when you do a training class, especially people who are not really used to using tools like this or don't have a lot of tech background, is it the same as uh, other productivity tools or is there, what, what would you say is like the time frame people need to kind of get, get better at this? That's a good question. Um, I would say the knowledge curve honestly, with a tool like Evernote is with sustained practice, I think it could take less than a couple of weeks to become really proficient at it. Um, I don't know of many use cases where you have to invest months and months and months to really make it work for you. There might be a specific use case you have that may not currently be served by the tool, but because it's been around for so long, chances are there's a way to get to what you want to get to. The challenge is, what I always have to remind folks is before you start playing with Evernote and adopting your methodology in Evernote, just take as much online training as you can to just explore all the features. I've written an Evernote user guide for folks, and it's generally about 20 pages, but it covers all this kind of same concepts, right? It's how do you create a note? How do you create tags? What are, what's the web clipper? Um, you know, and from there, once you've learned kind of the basic 20 or 30 key features, then you can go off to the races, but really learn those key features first. Because what I find is I've had clients complain to me that ah, I created a hundred notebooks and now this is unwieldy. Well, what was your use case? And they're like, yeah. what do you mean? And I was like, well, we probably should have started by thinking about your workflow. If you're not the type of person that wants to maintain and manage all these notebooks, don't try. It's okay to have three. Stick with that. And then, you know, we'll figure out another way to get, you know, uh, the maturity and sophistication that you're trying to get out of Evernote. Right. Yeah. So this is interesting. I, I really enjoyed this topic. I'm 
because, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, if I had to do over again when I wasn't, I didn't have the funding, for example, I was convincing, uh, you know, my, my, my leadership team, well, we, we may need a software tool. We're getting to that size, you know, having kind of a stopgap in between that would give us a lot of functionality, but, uh, you know, not, not necessarily the biggest investment necessary to, to kind of start small and get some of your key people. That would, that would have been really helpful, I think. Um, so let me ask you this when somebody like is somebody hears this podcast and decides, you know what? That's a good idea. Let me try that out. What would you say is the kind of steps people should take to kind of get started uh, on this journey? And maybe, you know, again, thinking through the lens of a BC professional and, and what they're maybe going to be using it for. Well, if we've convinced one person on your podcast to listen to Evernote, <laughs> that's a success for See, sure. I'm trying to convince people just to listen to the podcast, <laughs> <Okay>. right? <laughs> well, then that's a double win. Um <laughs> I think the first step for me now looking back is to educate yourself, like really um, kind of shop around the evernote.com website and just kind of try and immerse yourself in what it is all about. I think it's less about just kind of going back to what we spoke about earlier, the tool and more about your workflow. And what you'll start to see on the Evernote website is digitizing your thoughts and you start saying okay what does that mean and you start looking at all the features and functionality through a different lens of if you are the type of person that writes a lot of meeting minutes i think a tool like evernote could be very appealing sign up it costs you nothing it's a free account yeah you're going to have limited functionality you're not going to be able to do the business card scanning that we talked about but i hope people don't walk away from this session thinking it's the business card scanning that I really want to get from Evernote because that's just a feature. And yeah, right. I think it's less about that feature and more about if you want a home for your program, I think Evernote, just give it some serious consideration. Um, there's other tools out there, Microsoft OneNote. Maybe that's your choice of tool that you find it kind of does the same things as evernote yeah. my company already offers it and right right i can integrate it a lot easier great i mean i would say go with that if that works best for you yeah. i'm sure a lot of your users i'm willing to bet are using one or two of these tools already they've yeah. probably just been uh hopefully enlightened by this podcast to now consider it for this other yeah, well, sometimes, yeah, that that could be just a simple, you know, push in the direction. And like, uh, you know, you, you may not have always thought, hey, what about just using some of the common stuff we have in, in, in this in this near term that is very cost effective? We're already paying for it. I don't have to budget for it, you know, right now and see how it goes, at least. Right. Testing the waters. Now, last question I have, I was thinking about this T from a from a technology perspective. Obviously, you can access it on your computers. Do you have to have the latest and greatest phones or latest and greatest iPad to access these types of things? Or is it generally pretty accepted across a wide range of, of technology? It is pretty accepted uh, across various platforms. And um, you mentioned Android before. They're compliant with Android. They're compliant with the Mac ecosystem. They're compliant with the Windows ecosystem. So they're serving a wide base. It's a really interesting time for Evernote because they're also realizing that each 
I guess, platform, for lack of a better word, of Evernote looks a little different. They realize that their Mac version doesn't match their Windows version, and they're trying to close the gap there. They are moving fully to the cloud. I mean, all your information will be on the cloud. It will be protected. You can read their data privacy practices, and they fully disclose all that. But the good news is it's not resident information on your system. It's accessible from any device because it is on the cloud. Yeah. Well, Chris, man, this has been really interesting. I, I, I think I'm going to go and download Evernote right now and take some notes about our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast, I wrote all my speaking points, uh, Shane, in Evernote. So I um, would love to share any resources that your audience would love to know more about and I'm absolutely available uh, should you want to bring me back for a follow-up Evernote conversation? I'd love to. I love it. So Chris, thanks for joining me today. And uh, now I hope we can have more conversations like this about technology and business continuity. Likewise. Thanks for your time, Shane. Thanks for joining us this week on the Failover Plan podcast. You can find out more about Chris Rivera by visiting our website, failoverpodcast.com. This week, we'll be sending our subscribers a special template that Chris made in Evernote. So make sure you sign up for our newsletter to get access. We'll continue to explore this and other innovative ways practitioners are building their programs. If you've discovered a non-traditional way to build your VC plans, let us know by sending us a message. We'd love for you to share what you've learned with our listeners. Now, thanks again for listening. And remember, why learn how to do something on your own when there's got to be someone else who may have already learned this the hard way? <laughs>